Hi, I'm Scott Hamilton, Rockfile, back with another podcast review for your ears, going all the way back 40 years to 1981's Outland. I have to be honest, I have an intimate history with this movie. Not that I knew anybody that made it or anything. But at my age, 1981, I was in high school, young. Uh, that was freshman, sophomore year. Um came out around my birthday. The novelization had come out three months before. I had already been growing up on Star Wars and Empire Strikes Back and Alien. My father took me to see Alien in 79. I was a little bit too young for that, but it was, man, that changed a lot of things. And so this movie got a lot of hype. I was still reading a lot of magazines at the time. Before the internet, we kids, uh, we got magazines like Starlog that covered everything science fiction and uh, Fangoria, which covered everything horror movie. And Outland was getting coverage because, A, it was a fairly good-sized budget movie coming from a big director and a big star, Sean Connery, um, that was being made about a moon of Jupiter and kind of a western high noon situation and... Um, it just got a lot of hype because science fiction was on the rise at that time because of the success of Empire Strikes Back and Alien and all that other stuff that was going on there in 1980-81. So I read a lot about it. I had read the uh, the novelization before it came out. That happened a lot in those, those days. I don't really know if that happens now because I try not to read novelizations before movies. But back then, <laughs> if it wasn't based on a, a, a book previously, if it was, I would go read the book. But if it, you know, like... Star Wars wasn't a book first, um, and Outland was not a book first. It was a script that somebody had to turn into a novel. So I would read those because I know I would pretty much get what the what was coming in the movie. When Peter Himes wrote and directed it, uh, I recently reviewed um, End of Days and talked about some of his other movies. Peter Himes has made some some what I consider to be almost great movies. His 2010 sequel to 2001 is pretty darn close to the book and pretty darn good for a sequel. I think it's largely forgotten, but, and this is another movie that is so much better than it should be. It, it runs a, a hair slow by today's standards, but otherwise a lot of the special effects hold up because they was some incredible, um, model work on miniatures and stuff. This was long before CG. There's a few superimposed screens where they've put, you know, a person in outer space or whatever that don't exactly look amazing these days. But surprisingly, there was nothing that I went, oh my, wow, that's terrible. It actually, a lot of the special effects hold up. It got horror coverage back in the day because there was something about people blowing up in space. It was in the trailer that one of the guys, you can see his face expand right before, and in the movie, which is rated R, he explodes and covers uh, the inside of his spacesuit with goo. And he's not the only person that explodes in the movie. So it got covered in a lot of horror magazines back in the time because there were a lot of practical special effects, a lot of practical gore, um, which was unusual for a science fiction movie at the time other than Alien, you know. And this is before we got Aliens, so that's a whole other thing. You got a great cast with Sean Connery, Francis Sternhagen, Peter Boyle, Clark Peters, John Ratzenberger. I mean, watching it today is like, wow, these were all really serious actors to be in this movie, you know? Um, and like I said, I have an intimate knowledge because I knew the story going into the movie, so I could really sit there and enjoy the movie. And it's one of my all-time favorite movies. This is one that my dad liked back in the day when he was still alive, and we would watch together at certain times when it would be on before we started collecting VHS, DVD, Blu-ray, and 4K. 
Not sure this one needs a 4K upgrade. It's kind of a dingy movie. It's supposed to look that way. After science fiction movies were really clean up until Star Wars, and George Lucas introduced the fact that spaceships could be dirty, you know, <laughs> and, and 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 some of the places we visit are dirty and grimy, and most science fiction had been portrayed as very clean in the future and that kind of thing. So that kind of changed how we saw things in movies. And by the time Outland came out, this is supposed to be a movie that takes place, you know, 50 years in the future, and we've not colonized, but we have outposts on moons, and we're mining for resources, which this is going to happen, folks, a lot quicker than you think. We're going to be mining those asteroids in no time if uh, Elon Musk and a few others have their way. There are billions, trillions, quintillions of dollars out there in stuff we need on the planet that we could take from asteroids and not take out of the ground, but, you know, it got to get there got to make all that feasible and that's this movie supposes we've done all that and now big corporations operate these mining operations so just like the original high noon movie which in many interviews peter heim said i wrote and directed this to kind of be that western in space idea um you've got a marshal who's a good guy and he's dealing with all the corruption in the in the mining town in the outpost out west you know it take all the science fiction trappings off of it it's just a western you know he comes out and the guy that runs the town's kind of a bad guy and taking it from all sides and he doesn't know which of his guys are good guys bad guys and people get killed and what I really liked about this movie when I was young and why it still holds up is because it's rated R and it takes a very um gritty and adult look at a science fiction situation we passed into an era where everything had to be PG-13 and the ages of actors in science fiction movies started going down and the, the you know the protagonists and the antagonists were getting younger and you don't always i mean thankfully Marvel and some other and even Star Wars have gotten some really big actors to play some great roles in some of these movies um so this holds up because you had quality actors doing a, a job that they all thought they were doing something better. Stuart Baird edited this movie. I just, that just popped up. Um, I was thinking about it when I was thinking about the credits and stuff. He went on to be a director. He edited a lot of great action movies. They do a thing when the uh, the faces are about to explode where they zoom up on it real quick, and then, then they're going to pull away at the last second to show the gore, and then they do. Um and that's, again, what I liked about the movie. It takes a more adult R-rated look at how some of this stuff would play out because space isn't a pleasant thing. I don't know how 100% accurate that people would be blowing up. I mean, there is a, a chance that could happen depending on the size of the leak in your suit and that kind of thing. But basically, you just kind of freeze and die more than. But it sure did make it exciting for the movie. Supposedly had about an $18 million budget and maybe grossed about $20 million. <laughs> um, not a big hit. Just not, you know, it didn't catch on with the public. But again, I had this 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 intimate knowledge of I had read the book. I'd read all these stories about how they did the special effects. I was just excited to see it all happen on the screen kind of thing. And then when other people kind of respond, well, it's okay, you know. Uh, that one I barely remember. I've never heard of it. I'm like, man, it was so big in my, my rearview mirror, you know, when I think back. So watching it today, it's it's good. I mean, is Sean Connery a really good role? He's got some personal things going on in his life, and he's having to deal with his other stuff, and he deals with it pretty well. Peter Boyle plays a pretty good cold-blooded bad guy, and what happens at the end is really, it feels good. 
Um, it does have a nice ending to it. Uh, everything wraps up well. I think it, it's a, an in- interesting mystery where they try and figure things out. That was part of it that, to me, it's hard to be impartial about because I knew everything going into watching the movie. There wasn't a mystery to me. I knew where the drugs were hidden and that kind of thing. And that's what happens at the very beginning of the movie. It turns out the workers are being fed this experimental drug, and it makes some of them go crazy. And if it's killing people, they shouldn't be taking it, but they're uber-productive and making a lot of money for the company, so give them more drugs, right? So it works on many levels, but it is basically a science fiction action movie with this Western kind of corruption story going on and the lone good guy who's got to stand up to the bad guys, and will he do it or not? And it does have some sci-fi trappings. There's big uh, airlock doors and spacesuits that have to be finagled, and you don't want to cut your suit in the vacuum of space and all that kind of stuff, and dealing with one-sixth gravity on this moon and things like that on Io. They use uh, shotguns with basically, um, you know, that would be a better weapon in in space. But then again, I question the using of shotguns when some of their hallways are covered with canvas and uh, or something that, is easily penetratable by shotgun. Not everything was steel and rigid, so I don't. I guess I guess shotguns scatter, and, and not a, less of a chance that it's going to result in in explosive decompression, as it happens with a lot of these spacesuits. I still enjoy the movie today, but it is, uh, you know, it's kind of almost a time capsule like a Western is because some of the concept of sci-fi, well, I mean, most of it, when they print up pictures of the bad guys, when they finally, you know, can pull up in his uh, police suite, he's a marshal, um, it's basically dot matrix green screen kind of stuff like we saw in Blade Runner. And it's like, well, we get full motion video that pretty high def looking in our little phones these days. So <laughs> some of that stuff pales, but some of the other stuff and how space reacts and, and the, the shuttle that comes once a week to resupply everything and what goes on in the bar. Um, there's naked people kind of dancing and having sex under lasers. This is one of those movies too, where they didn't tie in a big popular soundtrack and they, they found some musicians to make kind of spacey futuristic music <laughs> and it works. I mean, it's okay. It doesn't sound like anything you go out and buy today, but it's, like okay at least it doesn't sound like a a 1981 hit you know from somebody that now would be going why would they be listening to that in 2070 or whatever year this is um yeah if you've never seen it i think it's just it's 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 interesting because you just don't kind of see this storyline in science fiction very much we are starting to now um but back then um science fiction was still Aliens and 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 since the movie Alien itself had done well mixing horror, the idea of still having gore in them, which you know some of our sci-fi movies these days don't, some do. Life was kind of gory. That was a few years ago, but it holds up as a as a, a just a well-made movie, like you'd watch any older movie that has Sean Connery in it. Like I said, it's a good um, a, a great role for him actually. I think Peter Boyle is pretty cold and pretty. Um, reserved in this role always like francis sternhagen and james b seeking i believe is how he was on um hill street blues and always been an actor i like and he plays his partner kind of um 
Music by Jerry Goldsmith. It's very orchestral. It's very much of that time. Jerry Goldsmith was doing some other big sci-fi movies at the time, and this has some grandeur to it, um, some ominousness to it, but I wouldn't call it a standout classic that I've got to own, but it was very good. Um, And like I said, the picture's great. I don't know that 4K would probably add. One thing I did notice watching this Blu-ray, and and this has been in plastic for years. I've had it for a while. Because, again, I have the movie almost memorized. It was interesting to pull it out and watch it. Because there were a few things that I forgot. Uh, A few things that I just didn't remember. Oh, yeah, they do that. Okay, cool. Um, And that doesn't happen so much with a movie that I had such intimate knowledge. But I've waited so long to watch this Blu-ray copy of it. Uh, during the life of Blu-ray, because this was a pretty early one from Warner Brothers, and no digital copy and that kind of stuff. But it looks good, and and so anyway, what shocked me was how some of it is really colorful. I remembered it being kind of monotone, you know, kind of in that alien way, that everything was like blacks and grays and some whites, and no, 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 like the the sign that announces uh, how quick the shuttle is coming back, there's a countdown timer and stuff, and then a red light lights up when it shows up a little early and that kind of thing. These were bright highlights, and I don't remember everything being quite so colorful. Um, the lasers are kind of this uh, blue in the in the bar scenes I was talking about, and they're pretty striking, actually, instead of, I remember it just being kind of monotone and kind of dingy. Maybe that was a theater I saw it in, and that stuck in my head. But maybe it would benefit. It was shot on film. Uh, the special effects were finished on film. Um, there's some optical stuff that probably won't age very well, like the James Bond movies, but I think all in all, this might, you know, if somebody did a restoration, I don't know why they would. Um, <laughs> it would look pretty good. I, I was surprised at how colorful some of it was. The soundtrack um, was DTS HD, which was actually pretty darn good too. It wasn't like an older Blu-ray where I had to switch to uncompressed or turn it up. Uh, good surround sound effects for the most part, but nothing that wowed me. It's just a very serviceable movie. It, you know, it was $18 million in 1981, which, you know, is a decent amount of money, but Alien was filmed for that much, or less, I think. Um, but it holds up well. Uh it doesn't feel like a UK movie, but it was considered filmed over there and is considered a British science fiction movie. But, you know, I, watching it today, I've never really thought of it that way. I like Outland. It's a uh, Western in space. If you've never seen it, it's uh, Sean Connery doing what Sean Connery does best, being Sean Connery. He's a good guy in this movie. Um, and the supporting cast all supports it well. It's interesting. They tried some things that hadn't been tried in science fiction movies before. Uh, didn't notice that Peter Himes was a cinematographer, but I know visually a lot of his cues uh, later he does. He's also the cinematographer on his movies. No, Stephen Goldblatt was the cinematographer on this, so he wasn't at that point yet. But he, he these days he shoots his own movies and, and has for quite some time. But still, <coughs> but still looks really good um, for the time. It's just got a classic feel to it. Very entertaining. Um, 109 minutes, including credits. You could do far worse uh, with modern movies. This is a good quality movie. And if you haven't seen it, that's why I've danced around a lot of spoilers. I don't want you to know about some of the things that happen in it. It, It's it's actually a pretty darn good story. Written and directed by the director. Again, this is not based on a book, not based on a previous property. It's its own thing. It stands alone. There's never been a sequel. I really like that. That makes it kind of a classic film because it's not an adaptation of a book that didn't work or whatever. This was an original piece of movie art to to thrill us in the cinema, May 22nd of 1981, which was uh, a day before my birthday. My birthday deal is usually dinner and a movie. 
with my parents as a kid and later in life is just like what I like to do on my birthday. And this was my birthday movie that year, and I had intimate knowledge of the movie going in, and I still like it today. It, it, fun revisiting it after 10 to 15 years and knowing that it holds up. So check it out. Outland, Peter Himes and, and Sean Connery in space doing that high noon western kind of thing. I'm Scott Hamilton. My website is therockfile.com. Please like, share, subscribe, and hang on. Got some really cool and much bigger things coming. <laughs>